Welcome to Heritage Tree, where we talk about heritage care and development for people and organizations. And now to our host, Dr. Dina Michelle Roscoe. As they were before. Tell me, was the harm reduced? Maybe. Oh, we created a family system. But people were still harmed and violated to get to that. So what are the methods that we're using? What kingdoms do we build? Now, this is an extreme example in scripture. But it's worth noting that there are similarities today. My childhood pastor, Pastor Jensen, used to say, belief determines behavior. If you're ever wondering about someone's words, just watch what they do. Ignore the words for a while and watch what they do. That will tell you what they value. And you can do the same to yourself. What are your core values? What's important to you? What matters to you? And I believe God gives us some grace and wiggle room in this, that we can choose, we can make some choices based on how he's made us and the call he has on our life, assuming that we want to live by that, that we can decide and reflect on what he's put on our mind and heart that matters to us, and we can build our kingdom as it were that way. Knowing your core values can help you prioritize and manage your time. It does get down to that simple basic practical skill that I'm not good at yet. And I have worksheets for my clients and I use them on myself to help people manage their time based around their core values. And then taking an honest look at their realities of their situation. And then what's the visions for their future? What do they want for their future? And we have many conversations around that. That too can rewind to your present day and inform what kingdoms you build, what you are building, and what you want to be working on. For some, it might be, I just want a patch of land in a garden where I can raise my kids. I don't really want to be ambitious. I don't want to start a business. I don't want to have massive social media accounts. I don't want to do, and they go down a list, because in a way, there's that pressure to do those things as a mom. For others, it might be different. I don't want to do the nine to five. I don't want to do the commute anymore. I want to start my own business so that I can have more time with my family. And then what we hear from entrepreneurs, again, is this time management, huge, huge need for them to know when to stop working, to spend time with their family, because you end up working longer hours, even though you're not doing the commute. And it can be consuming. And then you start to feel all different kind of ways, depending on what core values you may or may not be violating by doing that. Another kingdoms that we may be building are our legacies and our generations, this reality of daily life. Apostle Paul said to Timothy, his protege, hey, continue in the way of your grandmother and your mother. There was an influence that they had on him that was so powerful and so beautiful. And that is what I hope I can do with my son and my children is be a loving witness to them and influence to them being their loving mother and letting that be the foundation on which I build them and their personalities and their goals in life and their vision and their calling and all of these things that we're talking about really does need to be founded on love. So when Jesus said, tongue in cheek, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's, when those crowd of religious and legal leaders were trying to catch him in his words, and get him to say something so they could go report back to 
the politic of the day that, oh, hey, he doesn't want to pay taxes or he this, that, or the other. He said, give to Caesars what is Caesars and to God's what is God's. And you know by history the kind of man that Caesar was and the kind of person that Jesus was and is. Give to the kingdom of God the kind of attention that it deserves with the methods that he asks us to live by. What are those methods and how do you know? That sounds pretentious, you might think. Well, Jesus said to welcome the little children, to mimic their faith, to model after them, to follow their childlike faith and imagination. If you notice children, they are very engaged in their parasympathetic nervous system. We talked a little bit about this in previous episodes. They know how to play, how to laugh, how to keep doing something over and over again in almost a meditative way. And it's work for them. It may seem boring or disorderly to an adult who just wants one problem to solve, possibly. But Jesus said to follow in their example, almost echoing out of Isaiah 11, verse 6, a little child will lead them. It says, the wolf will lie down with the lamb and a little child will lead them. What kingdoms are we building? We're building them with the methods and the hope of what God's kingdom will bring. And we get catch a glimpse of that in the word picture of a wolf lying down with a lamb and a little child will lead them. In Zechariah 8, one of my favorite visions for kingdom come, we read about the elders watching on the sides of the streets, maybe from their porches as the children play in the streets. They play in the streets. They're safe enough to be played in and the elders are still there. And they're together and they're playing. There's a delightful scene. We also catch a glimpse of kingdom come in the advent of Jesus when the angels herald peace on earth, goodwill toward all people upon whom the favor of God rests. There are so many keywords in those three layers that we read about of peace on earth, goodwill toward all people, and the favor of God and how that gives us, how that rests on us. And what does that do when you're at rest, when you have margins again, what can you do? You're able to imagine and create. You're able to feel happy. There's physiological benefits to your body. You are healthier. You're able to do things and be in the moment. Your mind can remember things and file them away properly instead of disorderly in your body as as is often the case with trauma and disorders of trauma. We read from Jesus himself in Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes what a glimpse of kingdom come will be and how it seems so inside out in this world. It goes a little something like this. And Jesus opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall seek God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, 
for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wow, that's a lot. I want to land on two things that stand out to me in that passage at this moment, and that is the rejoice factor and also the hunger and thirst factor. With hungering and thirsting, what are you hungry for? What are you thirsting for in this moment? It might be something tangible if you're on a lunch break or needing a break. It might be something else. From King David, we read, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul shall long after you, my God. And better is a day in your courts than a thousand years elsewhere. This echoes the sense of time we hear later, much, much later in First Peter, where a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day to God. This glimpse of what eternity might be, all that reckoning, all that falling away of what burdened us, of what oppressed, of what hurt, of what limited us, of what kingdoms we built and what will remain. Rejoice and be glad. So he says to do that now, and that can be hard. If you're going through something hard, to pull yourself up and give your sermon again, or go to work again, or swaddle your baby again, or go visit your your elder again, or bring them in your home and take care of them. All of these things, the day-to-day work and labors that we do, all of the limits, all of the limits to our understanding and our mortality even, We're still called to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And what follows after that is very interesting, very interesting in the book of Philippians. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all for the Lord is near. Aha, there it is. Jesus said, in a way, the kingdom is actually him. The kingdom is near you. And in the Gospels, we read this metaphor of the kingdom tree, of the kingdom that grows into a tree from a small seed, and the birds of the air will rest in its branches. It doesn't discriminate which birds those are. It just says birds, birds of the air, birds are birds. This is a delightful contrast to what we hear from the mouth of Satan himself in the first chapter of Job, when he appears before God and God is like, hey, where have you been? Oh, I've been roaming here and there to and fro in the earth. He is actually referred to as the prince of the air. But at last, kingdom come, that will be no more. And it will be birds, the birds of the air. Something as delightful and lighthearted and whimsical as birds. The very birds that Jesus used in a parable when he urged us to not worry. And I struggle with worry. Worry can be hard, especially if you've gone through hard things. You start believing that that might all be in your future. But kingdom come gives us a vision to replace those worries. It reminds us that God does care for us, and he does have a future for us as his family. So that is kingdom come. That is a vision for a gospel imperative of what you and I, of what you and I can do and how we can build our kingdom So what does this kingdom vision do for you and your future? Let's pray. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for this opportunity and privilege to read your word, to talk about it, to listen to it, to ponder and contemplate and think and reflect on your coming kingdom. Thank you that you have a bigger 
picture, a bigger blessing for us than what we might have gone through. And we just pray a double portion blessing for any of us who've lost things to kingdoms in this world. Even if it was by our own devices, by your mercy, expand your grace to us so we can rise up and call a new day a new day and start anew. And we pray for your healing mercies on our kingdoms of all the people who are listening and even in my own. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard, tip us at the link below and inquire, subscribe, and shop our merchandise label of Heritage Tree and Heritage at dinamichellerosco.com and dogwoodgroup.io. Come back again when we gather around the Heritage Tree.